This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. We're back with another instalment of Top Fives, and this time it's Strikers. Uh, I know a lot of you have been looking forward to this one to see who comes out on top. But uh, yeah, we've been working our way through Top Five City players in the last 40 years. We've done goalkeepers, fullbacks, centre-backs, midfielders, wing-backs. We're on to Strikers, and then next week, I think we're going to hit Managers and Magic Moments in one go. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been really good fun, and also it's kept us kept our Bristol City toe in the water, Matt, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been needed, mate. And it good morning, by the way. Um, yeah, it's been needed. Um, oh, it's a long summer when there's no football as well. It's a long summer in it, so this <laughs> definitely gets me through it. Um, and I know from uh, talking to to other fans that have listened, it's been the same for them. So no, it's been enjoyable, and and we've got a cross section of people in terms of ages. Um, so, you know, we've had a few left fields, haven't we? Um, yeah. And a few left left fields with uh, Yannick Balassi, but we'll leave that with Northern Tom. Yeah, and everyone's done it. What I like is everyone's done it differently. Um, yeah. And we'll bring on our guest in a minute who had Billy Mercer as his number one goalkeeper. So we'll find out a bit more about that. Um, but before we do, uh, Matt, how are you at 10? Um, I'm probably a seven today. And that's more to do with the fact that I'm planning to clear my garage out. So I know, <laughs> I know I've got a crap day ahead of me. So uh, oh, yeah, trip, multiple multiple trips to the tip. But um, yeah, other than that, no good weekend so far. Um, so yeah, I'm probably a seven. Okay, I'm actually a nine today. Wow. Yeah, I was a ten yesterday, and I'll tell you for why. Uh, people with two children under the age of ten will understand this, but I, I we went for a divide and conquer approach yesterday. I took one, and my wife had one, and you get much more quality time. So I took my boy out to the mall um, to go to the cinema. We got there an hour earlier because I was looking at the Longwell Green Times. Um, so I got there, I got there a bit early and we went to a brand new golf, crazy golf place called Mulligan's, which is yep. right next door to Two View Cinema. Um, and yeah, really, really good fun. Like proper crazy golf, you know, like you have to time it right to get it under the windmill and loop the loop. And there's a cliff oh. and suspension bridge there and all sorts. So yeah, I'd recommend checking that out. And he loved it as well. Um, and then we what watched you watch? uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. 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 And uh, for those who haven't seen the, the Spider-Verse stuff, it's a basically like a cartoon animation type thing with some real, um, you know, real cinema, whatever you want to call it, real people mixed in. So, yeah, it kept us entertained. Very long, though. Very long. He did well to sit there for two hours, 20 minutes. But, um, yeah, just a bit of good quality time, one-on-one. There's there's uh, no arguing with siblings and things like that. And, yeah, talking of uh, golf, uh, our, our guest is going to join us on Tuesday at the FPA Golf Day, and that's Adam Gould. Adam, how are you, sir? Good morning, gents. How are you doing? You okay? Good morning, mate. Yeah, not bad. How are you at 10, yeah. mate? I'm pushing a good nine. I'm going I'm to go a good nine. Um, it's been a cracking weekend so far, and it's been a good last few weeks as well. I've really kind of tried to ignore football as much as possible. As you, as you know, I run a, a little youth football team for some, well, they're under nines now. I've had the kids since they were four and five. So we had our first training session yesterday morning. So it's like I've got 30 sons, you know, they all, <laughs> they all turn back up and it's nice to see them all again. But 
it's been lovely to have a, a solid month off. We did nothing in the month of June, um, but it was great to get back there. I've been away for a few days with a few friends in Portugal, hitting a few balls and a, a nice few beers. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the season. I've been in the gym this morning and I, I get to speak to you two idiots first thing. But, so what better, you know, <laughs> oh I'm going to go, I'm going to go a nine. Yeah. Back to uh, pre-season training then, lads. Have you got, um, have you got a team in for Tuesday then? Yes, yeah, we got we got four of us in, um, nice. and we're very very much looking forward to it. What a treat on a Tuesday! And the, is this the this is the first time the former players' association has put our golf day it's, on? Because uh, the club's done it. But yeah. yeah, the the last one, as far as I'm aware, was back in the early 2000s because I saw some pictures of Joe and um, Danny Coles and Steve Lansdowne yeah, who actually played playing, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so the inaugural FPA as it is now uh, golf day. So looking forward to that. It's the it's the Harry Dolman Cup um on marina dolman's birthday so yeah, nice um and talking of marina thanks to everyone who's uh sent some messages about the the marina dolman podcast uh it's it was one that um has yeah it's pulled on a few heartstrings so uh yeah happy birthday for the 4th of july uh, to marina um as you said you've been enjoying the 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 top five podcasts loving them yeah loving them and it's i know Stu mentioned it right at the the end of the last ones but it's so good that you put this on because i'll use this as a sort of a debrief and a, a little a little sort of keep my hand in with city so just driving the work and driving on it's nice to throw on in the background or even when i'm at the gym and stuff i, I put it on and lose myself and it's been great going down memory lane um and when did we we voted for this was it may right. early may and yeah, the season by eight weeks ago i think but everybody's made the same mistake. And I listen to the pod sometimes go, how have I forgotten him? I, yeah. I mean, Stu forgot Scott Murray. I you know, know. it's it just hilarious <laughs> in the last one. But, you know, the mid, all of them, midfielders. You're going to forget and, people, though, aren't you? You know, it's like, to, yeah. whatever. I've, got, I've got a feeling that will come to light in the strikers as well today. I'm pretty sure I forgot one. Oh, God. Well, you could you could yeah. make a case for <laughs> up to about 20, yeah. I, I, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's so, very yes. much dependent on age group, isn't it? It is yeah. when you saw that with... I know we, you've already called him out already. Norman yeah. Tom's put Yannick Balassian, but he wouldn't have had the Alan Walsh experience. As no, such. So that's right. You've yeah. only got to go to when you started watching or the players you liked, or if you were ever a left midfielder, when you used to play for the Dog and Duck FC, you might have always fancied the left midfielders a bit more on the right, you know? So yeah, yeah. it's been brilliant. I've really enjoyed it, guys. Thank you. That's exactly it. Thanks, it's thanks. Everyone's done it really differently. Um, Favourite players, something that, you know, links you... Uh, to that player like an emotional moment or or skill ability and this one might be goals it might be something completely different so we'll see um, what happens with that but before we get into that we always get brush up on our Bristol City week um, and they're back to training Matt and we've seen a couple of training montages now we've got a full complement I think uh, Tommy Conway's back Alex Scott's yeah, Alex, back Ross Mark McCrory um, yeah. Mark Sykes etc so so everyone's back in and that first day with the with the bleep test, I just felt a bit sorry for him, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think um, it's funny with, with what we're talking about, looking back, I think things have changed so much in the professional game that they will have had, um, you know, programmes that they're working on through the summer anyway. Um, yes, they'll have been away in a bit of downtime, but, you know, you look at them, they, they all look fit, don't they? I know... Sam Bell was talking about in one of the videos I saw that he's been in throughout the summer in the in the gym at the, the HPC. Um, and the likes of Tommy Conway and Alex Scott have still been playing up until, you know, a week mm. ago. So, you know, I think I think it's very different. Great to see the new players coming in and the camaraderie there. Um, I have to say, I do quite like the turquoise training shirt that we've seen. 
Um, so it would be good to see if uh, we can get those out in the marketplace by October, um, just so that fans can get them for Christmas. Come nice on, choice of word in on the uh, colour there. Nice yeah, choice of word. You, yeah. you chose the word turquoise well, instead of you, one beginning with B. Yeah. Did, like did you did you notice I said the B word before the show and then Patch corrected <laughs> corrected me? That's what he's like. He's superb at editing. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, like you say, Patch, great to see him back in. And do you know the one well, that just really been, got touching me? on the the training yeah, shirt? Obviously, yeah. the the nod to the program of the seventies with the city yeah. logo, I thought was was fantastic. Um, and also, you know, we, we spoke about the fact that Ipswich used Marcus Stewart in their kit release video uh, or pictures, whatever it was. And what what a great idea. Um, such a shame that we didn't get there first. It's I mean, I, I have to say, and we're, we're not very often critical of Bristol City um, as a football club, but I think we've got it wrong this summer. I really do. I think the the switch to O'Neill's um, when we did in February, we were under the impression first, firstly that Hummel had gone through the hoop, and then that turned out not to be the case. It was the the UK suppliers or our suppliers, but other clubs have got it. There's been a lot of talk about the quality of the kit. Love the hang design, but the quality and the the third kit and the um, the new bird emblem um, just hasn't gone down very well. And I, I'm really surprised. You know, when we went through the rebadge. You know, there was consultation with the fans and it's been so well received. We've shot ourselves in the foot at the moment. I think um, so many mums and dads I know that are trying, you know, we were talking with ads and ads can elaborate on it, but have been trying to get shirts for their kids to go on a hot summer holiday and stuff. Not available, you know. And and as you say, Patch, the Marcus Stewart thing, what a lovely touch for Ips- Ipswich Tang, you know. And, and Mark Ashton gets a lot of, um, a lot of this you know, from Bristol City fans, but he will have been heavily involved in that. And we've missed out, you know, what late now, isn't it? It's too late now, but what a nice thing it would have been if the away shirts got some kind of motor neurons disease, you know, charity Mm. element to it or, yeah. Scott Murray was heavily involved in it. It felt like Scott was kind of doing it on his own through his own social media channels and connections rather than the club. Um, Ipswich have just done what they've done. And I have felt a little bit disappointed all summer. Um, Moving to O'Neill's, Everyone's still got Hummel. You yeah. know, everyone's out there with Hummel. So why we haven't, but we've got them now. But I mean, I mentioned it to you before the pod. I've got all these little lads at training yesterday. I've got one or two that have got the kit and all the other parents are saying, where'd you get that? Did you get that through people you know at the club? And I said, yeah. you know, I don't think if, even if I knew, knew John Lansdowne personally that I'd be able to get a shirt at the moment. You know, it's, it's horrendous. And little boys want shirts and there's money to be made. And when you hear stats like um, Ipswich were given out, in terms of what they've done in, with their merchandise, it's, it's just, we're just shooting ourselves yeah. in the foot. We're just turning good money away. You know, it's ridiculous. I just hope they, they need to improve that. And then the other thing that's coming is obviously the digital season tickets. I just hope they do enough due diligence in their testing. You know, and we've all worked in, in industries where, you know, you have systems going in, you've got to make sure, because... If if we end up having problems with that on the first home game where people can't get in, it's just gonna go. And there's there's just shouldn't be a reason for it, should there? There shouldn't be a no. reason for it. It should be all test and everything else. And but but the kit side of things, I'm really disappointed in. I don't think there's the quality just doesn't appear to be there in terms of what it's been. And and that's really unusual because I think John Lansley's done a cracking job over the last few years with a lot of what's come through. But I do genuinely feel this this current sort of kit, you know, I, I'll still buy it. And I've got the home and the away shirt. 
quality wise i love the design of the home shirt but the quality is nothing like we've had over the last five or six years nothing like it like andy hall said yesterday it would never have happened in beryl fudge's day well exactly (laughs) yeah exactly exactly right um so on the training front obviously they're all putting a a a good shift in enjoying watching the uh watching the videos and things like that so uh, we'll see what um what's to come it was really nice patch as well Mm-hmm. I'm in Benarus, seeing I'm in there yes. and at the front of it as well, you know, brilliant. taking yeah. part. Brilliant. So brilliant. Let's let's hope that that lad gets a really successful season under his yeah. belt. That would be fantastic. It'd be like a be like a new sign in effect. Yeah, it would be. It? Yeah, it really yeah. would be. Um, okay, one more quick shout out. Uh, I've noticed on Twitter, Jack Buchanan, who's done uh, a lot of uh, social media with Bristol City, um, hasn't been well. So just want to say get well soon to Jack. Right. Top five strikers then. The way we're going to do this is I'm going to go through with Matt and Adam and myself, who we picked as our top fives. And then we'll come to the end and see overall, after surveying 16, 17 people, um, who comes top of the list. So if you've put Adam Gould as your number one striker, you get five points. If you put him as number five, he gets one point. So that's how how that works. But first of all, we're going to come to you, Matt. And your number five striker is Tammy Abraham. I was worried I'd miss Tammy. Um, so Tammy had a season with us, didn't he? Um, and picked up, I think, every award at the end of the season. I'm not sure off the top of my head how many goals he scored. Um, so Tammy Abraham, tell me. Yeah, so 48 appearances, 26 goals. Um, so that's a goal every 1.85 games. Yeah. Just remembered when he when he came and the first time I saw him, you could see the class that he had, um, and he was a, a a proper goal scorer, not a scorer of great goals as as we often talk about, but he was a proper great goal scorer. Um, and without Tammy Abraham that season, we get relegated. You know, he scored some really important goals, has obviously gone on to to forge a really really good career so far. Um, surprised that. He didn't make it at Chelsea and and certainly when Frank Lampard was there, he got a run. Um, I think he will still come back to the Prem. I mean, there was talk of Man United being interested in him. If I'm right, I've got a feeling he may have done his ACL. Um, Yes, he did. did, Yeah, end end of the season he did. Yeah, Yeah, end of the season, yeah. yeah. Um, But he's obviously had a really successful season at Roma. Um, And just just for us, was just a, a quality, quality player. And I, you know, it's been it's been quite topical with with Nigel Pearson around loan signings. Tammy Abraham is always one that Bristol City fans over the last few years will will point back and say, "But look, these are the sort of players that you can get." Now, what we don't know is what Tammy Abraham cost us in terms of that loan signing, and it was really interesting to see um, Nigel Pearson's comments or hear Nigel Pearson's comments about um, Jacob Bryan from Crystal Palace and the fact that. Palace wanted to charge us four times the salary that he is currently on. Right. And therefore, it's like they're not doing that for his development in the way that we do, in the way that Tin sends you know, our players out. They're looking to make money on that as well as his development. And that's why Nigel Pearson is sort of saying there are things like that. So, you know, as fans, I do I do think it's very easy, isn't it, for us to sort of say, why haven't we done this? Why haven't we done that? And we don't know the full picture. Um, so that that puts some of that into context. But Tammy Abraham, for me, was just an absolutely quality signing and a really nice young man as well, um, you know, by, by lots of people I know that have met him. So, yeah, yeah and he didn't he get um, five. Uh, he, he got, did he get young player of the year? And player he got of the all year? of it. 
I think he got all of yeah, it. I think it was one of yeah. those where he got the lot. Supporters, yeah, I think he yeah. got the lot. It's great, Adam, we isn't it? well when connected. You, Sorry, Pat, carry on. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's great when you've got a striker like that who literally you you get the ball to him and you know that there's a good chance that he's going to gonna score more often than not. Um, and that must yeah. make a, a great big difference to you know to to players that are playing with him and you've got that confidence in a in a player when you look at strikers like Tammy and when he first started playing you could see from the stands we've got a player here we knew it when Stephen Corker came we've got yeah. a player here these types of players just stand out a mile we were very well connected at the time i think it was through was it through Steve Wrigley that that, that with the Chelsea connection um, how it all yeah, started i, 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 I could know. be could be wrong with that um but he was brilliant Tammy and if Tammy had three chances, you'd probably he'd score one and you'd look for the keeper to make a, a couple of good saves on the other two. We've had other strikers who would fall a little bit further down the list that maybe need four or five or six chances to get that way. And I think that's a difference at the top end. Tammy only needed a sniff and he was in and he was finishing. Other players, you've got to give them a lot of sniffs before they get anything anything near it and he was a class act Tammy he was always going to go on to bigger and better things we were never retaining him on um, the, um, he was fantastic last season at Roma I watched a few of his games purely because of him and their good run that they had in, in Europe and I thought he was fantastic well yeah you do that don't you when when players leave Bristol City that have that have uh, struck a chord and you, you follow yeah. their careers um, yeah. So he made his debut on the 6th of August 2016, Matt. He came on as a substitute, having just signed, I think, that week. But he came on up front with Lee Tomlin and Jonathan Codger. Wow. So Codger and Abraham up front of, you with Tomlin in behind. It, isn't it funny? If you'd have said that to me, I would have thought Codger was two or three years before Tammy. No, Codger left shortly after. Yeah, I wouldn't have even thought that was the same sort of time period, as weird as that Tammy, is. Tammy scored a very late winner at... was. It's Burton, Burton. I think it away. was Burton. Yeah, I think it was Burton one of the early else. games in the season. It was right yeah. in front of us. He scored um, two. That was the, that was the following. That it was the week of that game. Um, so he scored two away at Burton. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right in real, real late winner, and we packed out a we packed out a huge away end with eight hundred of us. I, um, I quite like I quite like Burton. I got to be honest. <laughs> well, we went there at the start of the season. Didn't yeah, we, we did last the, year. The, yeah, we did in the League Cup. Yeah, but yeah. I can remember that, and that was. In him and Codger that day, I th- they they ripped them apart. I, I think, um, and we knew we were, we were not keeping either of them because I think Codger left for Villa a yeah. few weeks later. Then he just fall yeah. under the window. Yeah, yeah absolutely did. Right, okay. So on to my number five, and that is uh, 151 appearances, 61 goals, three hat tricks, a goal every 2.4 games, and that's Tony Thorpe. So Tony Thorpe, who is uh, an ambassador for the FPA and also uh, really good on Robin's TV, I think, now and again as well. So he's still involved with the club and just, again, someone who is definitely not a fox in the box, as I called him on Robin's Reunited, but (laughs) scorer of some absolutely fantastic goals. One that stands out, I think it was a ball from about the halfway line by Brian Tinian. And he just lobs the keeper with a with a deft touch from about 15 yards. So, scorer of some fantastic goals, always in the right place at the right time. There was a goal, I think, was it against the Rovers? Aaron Brown, Aaron Brown the left hand side. That's the one that stands out for Friday me. Friday night, yeah. big yeah. header, wasn't it, on a Friday lovely night? Header. Yeah. Great cross, yeah. lovely header, and uh, yeah, he's he's someone who could you could literally put up front, and he might not do 
Um, you know, might not do a lot of link-up play during the game, but he was there to score goals. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on Tony Thorpe? Yeah, I love Tony Thorpe. Um, and I don't think he's in my top five, to be honest with you. But um, I remember where I was, I was playing golf at Woodlands Golf Club when it was announced we'd signed him. And I genuinely thought that season with him and I'm sure Akin Bailly was signed at the same time. Um, that we would go on and do some great things. But no, re- a, a great player, probably played more games and was with us longer than I thought. But it also felt he was a little bit of one of those that um, wasn't always the manager's first name on the team, team sheet. Um, when, you know, he, as you say, Patch, he was a goal scorer. Um, seen him a couple of times sort of since um really really nice bloke to talk to as as so many of them are when they come back um but yeah re- really good player had a really good career um I think we signed him did we sign him from Fulham from Kevin Keegan for a million yeah 800,000 yeah, first, I, yeah. Well, he, yeah it must have rose because I always believed that he was our first million pound player because then we signed I can buy you for I, I thought Sorry. it was a million later, yeah I thought it was that? a million no yeah. he signed for Fulham for 800 and we bought him for ah, a million right. ah right yeah right. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah just a very good, very good striker patch. Yeah. yeah. When we signed him, he used to always score for us when he played for Luton. Um, I remember going to Luton, he was watching him. He was brilliant. And then I was so excited when we signed him. We signed him in the 98 season. We had just gone up, haven't we? We were making some big, Vilmos Seabock was coming in, Soren Anderson. We yeah. signed a million pound player. Scott Davidson had his checkbook out and it was a real buzz around the club. Um, but I felt that he went in and out. There was a stage where he was out on loan. He he didn't fit. His face didn't fit a little bit. And then he yeah. came back and he started scoring goals again. Um, and I think the sort of romantic side of things, you forget that little stage when he was out of the team. And out where did we loan. loan him out to, Ad? Was that Luton? I think I he went back to Luton. Luton. And I got a feeling it was, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. I yeah, think so he, he went, went back signed there, yeah. in, Signed in 98, only played 18 games in that season. And then, as you say, came back 38, 46 and 49 appearances. Yeah. And yeah. uh yeah, left in two thousand and two thousand and two. Yeah, he sort of I think the the success of Soren Anderson and, and AD sort of kept him out of the team and he could never really get back in. But a great finisher and he had some lovely yeah. moments and, and like Matt said, you know, he's he's always buzzing around the club and another one of these nice guys, you know, all yeah. you ever say is what a nice guy, but Tony Thorpe yeah. really is. He he's at the three lions quite a bit and he'll walk through and I'll have a chat and he'll he's a he's a great guy and yeah, hell of a player. And I forgot him from my top five. That's yeah. the first one today where I thought, well, I haven't got him on my top five yeah. and I've not got Tammy Abraham either. Pretty yeah. great start for me, this is. <laughs> oh, yeah, but as 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 we've already said, you know, you can't you can't fit everyone into your top five. Yeah. That's the, that's what yeah. makes 100%, it. Yeah. I, I will so still say as well, Tony played in that charity game a couple of years back, Patch, didn't he? Um, up front with you at one stage. Well, so we started up front and I had an opportunity to score and I laid it off to Tony because yeah. in my head I'm thinking, right, we want to win we want to win yeah. this game and he's in a better position than me. And it's the it's the one thing that I look back on and, and one of my regrets was passing. It's one, it's one of your career regrets, isn't it? Yeah. But, but did he score? You, you did he still, score? He did, yeah. He did, yeah. You could still see that he had that quality about him. Um he still had that touch. So yeah. Right, okay, let's go to your number five then, Adam. And you have gone for someone who was in the same team as Tony Thorpe. Uh, 53 appearances, 25 goals, a goal every 2.12 games, and that is Adi Akinbaye. Yeah, I loved Akinbaye. He used to play up front with a guy called Ifi Anora at Gillingham. And yeah, when yeah. those two were together, 
you, they were unstoppable. And Gillingham fans will probably disagree because they never really did anything. And we signed him. Um, it was the Paul, was it Paul Scally where we were having all those problems pa- over pa- Akin Bayou as uh, well? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Paul Scally. Yeah. Um, and when he came in, he was your textbook striker. Um, I used to love Wayne Allison in terms of that big domineering figure that was strong. He, he wouldn't get beaten up. And AD came in and filled that role. But his pace and his power and his aggression. Yeah. That season, um, I think he, he must have scored probably 20, 25 goals, maybe. 23. Um, 23, there we go, 23 goals in a team that was pretty poor. You know, we've yes. got 6-0 to Bradford. Got, got relegated, didn't it? Got relegated. Yeah. Um, but he seemed to really love the club as well. I yeah. always remember that him and Goodridge wore some T-shirts. Stick with AD us. AD scored. And yes, yeah, stick with us. And it came down in front of the Atio stand, in front of E-Block. And come on, boys, stick with us. And the club was really, really together at that time. Um, and we sat John Ward the night after after we just beat Bolton, <laughs> which is a, a great decision. Brought Big, brought big Benny in. But yeah. AD was a great player, a quality player. And I felt really sorry for him when he got his move. Um, and he became a, a sort of like a Jason Lee character where everyone was mocking him that, was that he when he signed finish. for Leicester? Leicester. So he went yeah, to Wolves, yeah. didn't he, from us? And then he went on to Leicester afterwards. And yeah. he just couldn't finish. His yeah. confidence went. But he was a quality, quality player, AD. And I did actually meet him um, out in... I w- went to watch New England Revolution versus Houston Dynamo in 2009. Wow. And he was playing for Houston Dynamo. He came off the bench late on that day. Um, and I met him. And obviously, give it the bit. That's all I ever speak to anyone about. Hello, I'm a Bristol City fan. That's my, how I introduce it. <laughs> and we had a lovely chat. It was it was brilliant. And he can understand what the hell I was doing in in Boston, watching New England Revs and things. But another another great guy. But yeah. loved him. And it was a it was a lovely season. And even though we got relegated, I really enjoyed that 98 99 yeah. campaign. Mm. It was it felt like we were all together. The club was moving in the right direction, even though we got relegated. But that was a cracking season for me. And that was probably when I was really at my height of, yeah, oh, this is amazing, home and away every week. It was brilliant. Loved it. Matt, when you're talking about pace and power in terms of top fives, he's in probably got to be in everybody's top five. Oh, he would be number one pace mm. and power, wouldn't he? I mean, he was just, I can see footage of him now when he scored for Leicester, when he takes his top off and he, he's doing that oh, sort yeah. of pose. I mean, yeah. so ripped, it was untrue. Um, but like Adam said, for us, he was... He was just a different class. I mean, he, he was he was so powerful, could do it all, could shoot, could head, could link the play, um, and and actually should have gone on and had a really really top top Premier League career. Um, but as Adam said, after doing really well at Wolves, the move to Leicester just didn't work out. Missed a couple of chances early on, and then just got vilified pretty much um, for that time. And I don't, I couldn't even then tell you where his career ended up going from that point on. Well, Adam can. He went to see him play. Is that yeah. where he went from Leicester? Or... I don't know. Oh, no, I think yeah. he buzzed around a little bit after Leicester. And, yeah. I mean, we're going back up. That was 2009 I was working out in Boston. So, right. yeah, it, he, he finished out there. I know he yeah. finished out there. Yeah, but no, quality player. Right. So now we've done everyone's number five. We'll come to Matt's number four. Um, and that is uh, a Welshman. 62 appearances, eight goals. Um, and that's Lee Trundle, Matt. Yeah, he probably um, might surprise a few people with this one, but Lee Trundle was just an absolute baller. Um, and he'd almost get in my top five for that goal at Crystal pa- against Crystal Palace um, yeah. because it was such an incredible moment. Um, but he could really play Lee Trundle. I mean, I remember him scoring a, a goal away at Norwich 
um, which was a, a quality, quality goal. Um, and it was a strange, very strange one in terms of we signed him literally the day before the season started, I think, or the day before a pre-season game. So I've got Yeovil Town at home. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeovil at home. Yeah, yeah. I, th- we I the, thought um... we 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 he played for us in a pre-season friendly before he'd actually he signed did, or yeah. something weird like that. No, I think we'd well, signed him the day before right. Yeovil, wouldn't it? Yeah, okay. I was um, I was in the court. Sorry to jump in on you, Matt. No, no, I was no, in no, the no. corporate box that day. When we'd signed him from uh, signed him from uh, Swansea, wasn't it? And yeah. they gave us special permission to play him, even though it hadn't gone through. That's it. That's something like that. Yeah. He was yeah. dating the the girl from uh, Atomic Kitten. Oh, Liz McLaren. McLaren. So I, I I ended up at when we went to play Preston away, walked past her when we were at Preston away because she was going. Well, so, yeah, I um we were in the corporate and we were having free free drinks and it was match kickoff time. And everyone goes out. And I said to Frenchie, my me friend I've been going with for 30 years, I think we owe ourselves to have a few more beers, don't we? We don't really <laughs> want to go out and watch this. And we ended up, just the three of us, me, Frenchie and Liz, in the bar. Wow. And I was, I was chatting to her, and ashamedly, and I'm going to admit this now on a podcast, said I was the player and I was injured. So we were just <laughs> I'm out till Christmas. And I was getting on really, really well. And, and Frenchie went out for a cigarette or whatever he was doing. And he came back and I was I was getting on really well. And he brought over two pints of Blackthorn. He put one in front of Liz, one in front of me. And he said, welcome to Bristol, Liz, and gave her a bit of a slap on the back. And she politely turned around and walked off. So that love affair. But, yeah, yeah right. sorry, Trundle. No, no, but just what a player. I mean, obviously, you saw so much footage of him on Soccer AM when Soccer AM was Soccer showboat. AM. Um, the showboat, you know, the, the goals that he scored. Um, and I always remembered thinking when Gary Johnson signed him, why, what what a player we've got. You know, this is this is going to elevate us again. And it just never really worked, did it? And what surprised me when Gary Johnson was interviewed by by Jeff Twentyman, um, he was asked who his best signing was or the player that he you know thought was the best player he'd ever worked with and it was Lee Trundle which surprised me because I never felt Gary Johnson trusted him enough to kind of Lee Trundle's a player you need to build your team around you say to Lee Trundle do what you do well mm. don't worry about anything else um but yeah that you know I, I look back that, that as I say that Crystal Palace goal the the playoff final um and then he's you know it, it kind of just all fell away for us didn't it with him and um we should have made more out of him but just just an unbelievable talent and um sadly probably showed more of it at other clubs but we did see some some absolute glimpses of it with us. magic moments obviously and and adam yeah. the, the the level of expectation when he got the ball um you know there's a number of people in this list that that you could say that about but you just didn't quite know what he was going to do um, and that's yeah. what made it exciting. And the the number of times he tried to lob the keeper and hit the bar or scored that goal um, at home to against Crystal Palace, just just excitement personified when you got yeah. Lee Trundle on the ball. He was good fun, wasn't he? He was he was kind of like a modern day Jackie, you know, mm. in Jackanowski. He was really good fun when he got the ball. Defenders didn't know what he wanted to do, um, and probably our team didn't. He scored one against Scunthorpe early on, where he did that sort of Cantona esque little dink. Where right from the the corner in front of the dolman dinked it in it, and he could just do that. He was magic, yeah. and I think the, the problem at the didn't he hit the crossbar? In, he hit the so crossbar in the Palace game as well, didn't he? That's yeah, right. Yeah, 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 he did. Yeah, yeah, that but was his he, first he, ever City goal against Scunthorpe. Yeah, that was the one, was it? Yeah, and it was really exciting. That was 
exciting to have him because, like you said, the the soccer AM thing, and everybody knew Trundle, and it was everybody wanted to get him away from Swansea. We thought, well, he's he's never going to leave that club because he was a hero there, and he's still a club ambassador ambassador yeah, yeah. there now, isn't he? But it was a real coup to get him. But the problem with the ad at the time is we had players like Nick Carl, David Noble, Makindo, Trundle. Yeah. These are all players that were your, they are sexy players. Yeah. And I think Johnson struggled to fit them all in around each other at, at any one time. You know, we had, you can't have all those star players in there at any one time. No. And Trundle, unfortunately, probably didn't play as much as he should have done due to the success of Makindo and, you know, Nick Carl. Nick Carl was a great player. Nick Carl and, and Noble as well, you know. So, yeah. probably an unfortunate time. In another team, he would have been ever present and build a team around him. Yeah. Right then. Okay, so let's go to Adams number four. Um, and this is someone who made 224 appearances for City, 58 goals, two hat-tricks, and a cult hero, someone who, uh, yeah, has had a number of, of strike partners, and it's the chief, Wayne Allison. The doctor. Dr. Wayne Allison. Dr. Wayne Allison, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So... I'm 40 years old on August the 8th, okay? In case anyone wants to buy me a beer at the first yeah, yeah. game. August the 8th, yeah. I'm 40 years old. So when Wayne was up front with Jackie and Liam Robinson and that sort of thing, he was my ever-present. He was the person I was in the playground, in the road. <laughs> he was who I wanted to be, along with another little startup that was playing alongside him at the time. We'll come on to him later on, hopefully. But Wayne Allison, for me, was my first Bristol City real hero. I loved him. I couldn't believe, I've probably got a, a bit of a tainted view of him, but in my eyes, he never lost a header. He was just <laughs> as good in defence as he was at the top. And the fact that I was privileged enough to sit and have a meal with him and completely geek him out for about four hours, because I wouldn't let anyone else get a word in edgeways <laughs> um, last year or the year before, um, very much thanks to thanks to you guys. Um, it just cemented in my eyes how much I, I love the bloke. And you talk, oh, I'm going to say the same thing. You talk about nice guys. I emailed him um, after after the evening and he came down and stuff like that. And we, we exchanged a few emails and he was asking about coaching and his knowledge of the game since then and what he can tell you about his time at Sheffield United and all this. But on the pitch for City, he was brilliant. And he chipped in with so many goals. Yeah. And the, the three games against Liverpool, which were my my standout moments of the early nineties, obviously probably my whole city supporting career, to be honest, um, big Wayne went up, was up front and they could not handle him. He was scored in both the home ones. Um, him and Rushy both scored in the, the two home ones and he was key to Tins's goal as well. He, he got himself yep. in the way a little bit. Mm. Nickel comes in for an attack on Tins puts it in. So, Probably just for that alone, he deserves to be in my top five. But for more than that, and I was when he signed for Swindon, I was devastated. absolutely proper devastated. Yeah. Really devastated. I remember reading about it in the back of the Evening Post. Dad brought it home from work, and you know I'm a, I'm a young kid at school, and tears are rolling. And then it comes out contracts, and it didn't quite go right, and he got a lot of stick when we went to Swindon the next season and things like that. And it, I hated that because Wayne was a hero and a hell of a player for the for the club. I loved the bloke. I really yeah. did. Well, uh, we mentioned that that um, evening with that we did with him, and what what struck me was the he before we sort of, sort of started talking, um, and I, I was about to put some goals up on the screen and stuff like that. 
he said, can I just say something? What on earth do you lot want to do? Why, why on earth are you lot wanting to sit here with me on a Friday night? Yeah. And he just couldn't yeah. understand why we wanted to sort of sit with him and have, to, have dinner and watch a few goals. But so it, humble. It, yeah, fantastic. And He's, as you say, loads, yeah. loads of great goals. Uh, the Robins reunited I did with him and Junior Bent um, was one of my favourites to do just because, you know, as you say, Adam, that's, um, you know, I'm 42 and and that those two and sort of players of that era is, is what I grew up on. Um, and yeah, an absolute cult hero and a, and a, and a great, great it's, guy. It's funny though, Patch, he wasn't everyone's cup of tea by a long stretch. A, a mate of mine calls him Tanglefoot, um, and just didn't, didn't get it. I'm, it's the name I'm, of an I'm, ale, isn't it? I, yeah, <laughs> you, you'd know that. Um, I'm with ads. I mean, he was quality when he went to Swindon. Yeah, it was disappointing, but, but going to Swindon and seeing him getting booed and stuff, it's like, you just forget what the bloke did for us. Um, you know, we talked about the fact we signed him with a part exchange with Mark Gavin. Um, Mark Gavin, yeah, yeah, some money coming to us as well, I think. Um, but he was he was a quality player, and then went on to have a really really strong career, didn't he? Mm. You know, yeah, yeah. And I know a fair bit would have been lower league as well, but you know, also played as you said at Sheffield United. Um, but I agree with you, Adam. It felt like he won every header. Um, I remember that that hat trick against Stockport in the next round oh, of the yeah. FA Cup. Um, and you just felt we were destined then, you know, it was just one of those seasons. But yeah, no, really, really good player, really good striker. And had it, wasn't wasn't blessed with pace, wasn't slow, wasn't blessed with pace, but could win in the air, could hold the ball and could score goals outside the box, inside the box. Yeah, good player. He wasn't that tall, was he? I mean, not compared to Patch. I know if you've never met Patch, yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll be looking up. But I've known basketball players not as tall as Patch. He didn't appear to be that tall. You know, when I, I don't know what he is. He's got to be, be, got to be, six, got to be foot, six foot plus. Yeah, got to be. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm off the ball there, but I maybe know. I also, yeah. he was also one of the the, the famous uh, A's that got sent off in that game away at Watford. Um, Alison Atterfeld was there. And, Hazelwood. Uh, Hazelwood, yeah, yeah, <laughs> very, very good. Brilliant. Brilliant. Right. Okay. So on to my number four. And in the Marina Dolman podcast, I semi compared this man to Johnny Attio. Um, and oh, wow. Be cool. Uh, well, it wasn't, yeah, uh, only sort of the, because I asked Marina, I said, talk to me about John Attio. Obviously, never seen him play, limited amount of footage. Uh, what type, type of goals did he score? And, and she just sort of said he would basically get the ball and, and almost shoot from anywhere. And I said, and I said, well, the only player I can think of from my time of watching is David Seal, and the 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 goals that he scored in the ninety five ninety six season, particularly one on the start of the season where he just lashed it in from God, it seems like forty yards, and and then subsequently the goals that he scored thereafter, he was just my type of player who would get the ball, engineer an opportunity, and if if he was in range, he would just shoot, and quite often it would go in. Um, and yeah, so he's 61 appearances, 14 goals, um, never scored a hat trick for us, but some absolutely stunning goals and the relationship he had with Agostino, for example, the, the Aussie connection, um, just an exciting player. And, and I've, I think I've put up a YouTube video of, of David Seal's Bristol city goals, but if I haven't, I will, because you have to see them to believe them if you haven't seen them already and t- talking to probably Northern Tomir. Um, but he, but uh, he only scored fourteen hats, so it's not going to be the biggest montage, yeah. is it? You could, you could have most for that, but yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because you're you're obviously similar ages. Um, David Sill wouldn't get near my top ten. 
and, scored, and, and, scored, and, and exactly like we're saying at the start of it, yeah. um, and like you said, Pat, scored some unbelievable goals. Scored um, the the away win at Bristol Rovers, where I think he scored two. Um, definitely scored one where he kind of lobbed scored it. One, yeah. Did it? Yeah. I mean, fantastic. But what a what a brilliant finisher. But just no one one of those players again that just never cemented a place. Always felt like he was in and out. Might play one or two, then he was sub, would score one of those goals. But yeah, he, he wouldn't. And this is the beauty of this podcast: wouldn't come anywhere near my top ten. No, exactly. And I, I, and I understand. I understand yeah, yeah. that. But just, the, I actually wrote to Scott Davidson as a fan at the time and said, "Please, can you ensure that we've got a sell-on clause for David Seal?" Yeah. <laughs> and he wrote back. Brilliant. He wrote Where back. Did you go? Uh, North, Northampton after us. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, and then on to Man- Mangotsfield United eventually, I think. Mangotsfield exactly. scored, yeah, he scored a boatload of goals for about 40 years, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. on that pitch yeah, as well, it? which yeah. at the time would have been, you know, yeah. not the greatest. But uh, yeah, that, so David Seal obviously um, is is my number four. Yeah. Okay, right. So let's go back to Matt now. And someone that I've seen on video numerous times the same clip running over and over of him scoring a header and then doing a a, a slide on his bum at Wembley and that is Glim Riley. Glim Riley. My I was gonna say my first and he wasn't because of the early days in the first division. I love Paul Cheesley. But Glim Riley, like what Adam was saying when he sort of was really into it and going home and away and digesting everything you could about City. Glim Riley was probably that for me. Um, I couldn't make that Wembley game against Bolton because I was working part time and couldn't get the day off. And my boss, I used to work in a fruit and veg shop, and my boss came out and said, "Oh, City have scored," and I'm like, "Who scored?" So I don't know, but some bloke's gone running over to the touchline, slid on his bum, and I'm like, "It's Glyn Riley." With a long perm, <laughs> yeah, Glyn Riley. And and I can say, and I've said it jokingly a few times, but um, I had my it was very very popular in the day when I was at school. But I had my hair permed. But had it permed like Glyn Riley, I wanted that Glyn Riley <laughs> as you ran, Muller, it would bob Muller. up and down the mullet. Yeah, mullet. Yeah, Glyn Riley. Yeah, would, I mean, looking at me now, it's hard to believe I ever had enough to pe- perm it. But um, just a, a came in at a time when we were, you know, um, in the depth. What what year did we sign in Patch? Was it eighty three, eighty four? Keep talking, I find out. Um, eighty two, eighty two, eighty two. So came in, you know, obviously. Dark days, 82, um, you know, mm. um, and was a really, really important player for us. Um, you know, you talked about cult heroes. Um, Glyn Riley absolutely is one of those. Um, I'm sure Glyn Riley, he might, he might not be in, in many top fives of, of this podcast. He would definitely be in a lot of top tens. Um, but yeah, scored again, not m- much more like a Tony Thorpe type scorer. I can't recall Glyn Riley scoring many, if any, from outside the box. Um, it was all those type of goals that he scored, you know, at Wembley on that day against Bolton. Um, the second one is the ball gets sent across and he just sort of heads it in. He's just an iconic Bristol City memory. It and is. seeing him jump the barrier and slide again, um, had a great partnership. And, it, and it's interesting and probably quite topical when we talk about our current strikers and the need for a physical number nine that can hold the ball up and lay, lay it off, et cetera, et cetera. Glenn Riley played in a team with Stevie Neville, probably the two shortest strikers we've had. But boy, what a, what a strike force they were! 
Yes, it was at diff- a different level. I appreciate that. But both of them were just quality, quality strikers. And um, I, I think did we, I think we signed him from Barnsley or Rotherham and he went to Barnsley or Rotherham, something like that. Um, but came back and the last I heard, he he, he had a business in Western, I think. All right. um, I think it was, it was running a curtain shop or something like that, hmm. um, ran, randomly. I wonder um, if he does yeah. um, blackout Velux blinds. I might give him a oh, ring. I don't know. Give him a ring, yeah. <laughs> um, but he's 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 one of those players I think would love to see come back for the former players. Um, yeah, 100%. you know, I don't I don't know whether you know at what year we are now, but to get another one of the you know, let's do the Bolton revisit. Well, that's um, eighty six. So we got is a it, well, there more you years. go. So a couple more years, but if we can do something for that, that would be fabulous. Um, but yeah, what what a player, great a great striker. Great striker. So, uh, 247 appearances for, for Glenn Riley, 77 goals, one hat trick, um, and seven braces. Uh, it? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot Mike, of goals. Yeah. A yeah, lot of goals. Yeah. Yeah. My knowledge you know of what? Um, Glenn is probably limited to that that video, to be fair. One of, yeah. Yeah. One of the guys um, who I've been going with forever, you know, he, he sits at our, he used to be my next door neighbor, um, and he's, he's featured on the podcast a few years ago, Ben Bond. Um, ben Bond, yeah, we know Ben, yeah. Bondy, uh, Bond. Bondy, he ben Bond. won't mind me saying, is probably 52, 53 now. Yeah, he looks um, older though, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, does, he does look older. <laughs> he is very much from this era. You yeah. know, he would be Mark Gavin. He would always be Glenn Riley. He always yeah. like Glenn Riley's mullet. Um, yeah. And he would he would be featuring, I don't doubt, in his top five as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I really do think he would do. So about the generational thing, because the Wembley days, and I always remember playing out in our little cul-de-sac with, with Ben. Um, and this is the type of player that Ben always was. Yeah. And I've probably got him to blame for as much as as much as me dad about my love for City, really. So Bondy would have loved would have loved that. And he's just that 10 years further on, really. There you know? go. Yeah, there's a difference, yeah. Okay, we're going to jump to my number four now. Uh, my number three now, I should say. Uh, I've gone for number three is Andy Cole. Um, so Andy Cole obviously came on loan from Arsenal and then signed uh, for the season after. He made 49 appearances, scored 25 goals, one hat-trick. And yeah, just he was... Someone who will stick out in in lots of people's memories as a city player, but probably more so as going on to be what's he top three Premier League scorers of all time, yeah, if not so. if not second, probably Rooney's second. Wayne Rooney's probably second in the year. Yeah, yeah, and then and then and then probably Cole. But um, yeah, the the sort of the relationship that he had with a number of of strikers, and 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 we did have sort of four or five at least. At, at one at one moment there and the relationship that he had uh score of some of some great goals um got i say one hat trick for for city as well i it think it was that hat trick against saying yeah so cardiff uh, and league Birmingham. cup cardiff was it right okay got, yeah brace against birmingham also in birmingham we got two at home to birmingham about 90 92 93 didn't he yeah what and what a kit that season as well <laughs> night <laughs> night bore um yeah so his hat trick right was yeah cardiff 5-1 home um and and yeah so andy cole for me adam obviously i'm sure he is someone who's in your he's fourth premier league goal scorer was he fourth yeah harry kane alan shearer 260 harry kane 213 
Wayne Rooney, 208. Andrew Cole, 187. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, Adam, he was your second, your number two. He was, yeah. Um, this is going back to the sort of the Wayne Allison story, really. Andy Cole, and more for when he left, like you said, Pat. He was brilliant. Him and Jackie together seemed to be on the, the same wavelength at times. Um, he was so quick over the first three yards, you know, always say over the first six yards. Cole was so quick over the first three yards and he'd always hit the target. He'd always almost feel like a lot of his goals would, they'd sort of scuff in at the back post and he never really seemed to drive a ball. You know, you know, he'd never hit a ball like Alan Walsh would hit a ball, but he would just score goals. And then when he left us to Newcastle, that was a great Keegan team, really exciting to watch. And even then when he went on to Man United, he became a, a, a superstar within UK football and the Premier League was really kicking on then. Um, he had his own magazine out where he he was into his guns and things like leather jackets and motorbikes. Yeah, yeah. And I used to have posters all over my wall. He was the only non-Bristol City player I'd ever have a poster of on my wall that far off after he left because I loved Andy Cole. Very unfortunate of England and what he with the England career with the amount of strikers around mm. at the time as well. But when he played for us, he was great um, and we all loved him. You had to love Andy Cole. And the fact we'd signed this player from Arsenal, you know, it was really technically Fulham on loan, really. He was, he was bombed out of Arsenal then. And, and then he went on to Newcastle. And it was the first, probably one of the only ones in the playground that all my friends had heard of because they all supported Spurs or yeah. Forest or Liverpool and a few Man United at the time. But everyone knew Andy Cole was a Bristol City player. And I was so proud of that growing up because yeah, we well, didn't have a lot to be proud of early 90s, really. What a great point. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? You're, you're really proud that Tammy, when when you play here, Tammy Abraham and Bristol yeah. City's name gets mentioned and things like that. The same with Andy Cole, and that was a club record fee that we received for him, one point seven five million at the time. Um, he was only twenty two then. It's incredible, isn't it? I'm not even sure he's in my top five patch. He isn't. No, and that was the one when I said at the start of the show. I'm sure I've missed someone, and he was the one in my mind. <laughs> um, I watched us play Clevedon Town in a preseason friendly with. Um, with Jill, funny enough, and she'll even talk about it now. And he so, was stood. Was that our fr- last game that she went to? <laughs> it probably pretty much was. Yeah, <laughs> um, he was stood in front of us at, at the Hand Stadium um, with his brother, I think, at the time. And we couldn't get over how tiny he was. And it was because it was pre-season; it was warm, so we had shorts on. His legs were. I mean. I've got big legs, so I'm not one to go on, but probably like three three times the size less than my legs. You like, looked at him and thought, how's this bloke a professional footballer? But yeah, scored some fabulous goals. I mean, you said about the Jackie thing. I remember there's a, a video that um, Roger Malone did. I'm sure it was Roger Malone, where they interviewed yeah. them at Long Ash, at the bowling, Bowl. Tempin Bowling Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Um, the pair of them. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's funny how certain players... I remember the game against Portsmouth, which I think we drew 4-4. Opening game of the season, I think. Um, I think he scored two or Jackie scored two. Um, Guy Whittingham scored a hat-trick, I think, for Portsmouth. But you remember it because of the goals that he scored. And and as Adam said, he was so quick across the ground. And absolutely, I think he would stand alone in this podcast as a Bristol City player. But as you say, Patch, when you know a lot of us have looked at it in terms of what he's gone on to do, and mm. you know, this yeah. is a guy that won well Premier League. I'm just looking now: one, two, three, four, five Premier League titles, two FA Cups, Champions League, incredible, absolutely incredible. 
and even still probably didn't get the recognition that he deserved. There was always a bit of a thing with Coley at Man United that he'd need three or four chances to take one. Mm. Um, and that famous game where Blackburn won the league West and they, they, they lost to Liverpool and Man United, I think they drew against West Ham. Yeah. Um, Coley had numerous chances that he just didn't take. And that so, one where really he lobbed, lobbed the keeper from like six yeah, yards and hit the bar. and Exactly. Yeah. But because of that, I think a, a certain group of Man United fans just really? never kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and Andy Cole, what a player, what an absolute yeah superstar. Yeah, cool. Okay, right. Andrew so. Cole, sorry, we should say Andrew. Well, he was Andrew, Andrew Cole yes. in our in our day. Wasn't he, he was, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're going to come now to what? Right. So Matt, I'm going to let going to let you do your number two next, okay. um, and that is Bob Bob Super Bob. F me, have I got him as number two? 126 appearances, 58 goals, four hat-tricks, 2.17, every a goal every 2.17 games. Um, so Bob Taylor, explain for the listeners who never saw Bob Taylor, give, him, give us your elevator pitch for Bob Taylor. Okay, I will say, I know who my number one is now on the back of this, and probably is my favourite ever player. But I have to qualify it and say, yeah. as the best ever strikers, Bob Taylor would be my number one. So, okay. yeah, um, but yeah, so Bob Taylor, um, Bob Taylor signed from Leeds and Carl Shutt went in the opposite direction. And I did a petition through my school um, or at my school <laughs> to send to Bristol City to say, what on earth are we doing selling Carl Shutt for Bob Taylor? <laughs> Genuinely, who is this Bob Taylor? Carl Shutt is an unbelievable player. What are we doing? Um, I just say, Carl Shutt, I don't think is anywhere near this list. So I've got to give a shout out to Carl Shutt. Oh, for, 100%. Um, 72 yeah. appearances, 23 goals, hat trick. Um, four Fulham. goals. Four scored goals, four, in fact. Four against Fulham. Yeah. Against Fulham. Yeah. But uh, carry yeah, on. Good shout. Yeah. And um, I don't know if I'm, I think, I think it was his debut was Cardiff away. Um, or it might, I mean, his debut might have been Ravens, but we played Cardiff away, I'm sure. And I think Bob scored, but Carl Shutt scored a hat trick on the same day for Leeds. And I was like, see, like, you know, yeah, he's all right, but, but oh my God. Yeah, that was his first, first, um, first appearance was Ravers, but his right. first goal was, uh, Bury at home. Bury at home, right. Yeah. Um, I mean, we talk about great goal scorers. And scorers of great goals. Bob Taylor was that. Um, scored some unbelievable goals. I remember a goal away at the Vetchfield for, against Swansea. Right out wide, just a pile driver of a shot. I think anybody who saw Bob Taylor remember the goal that he scored against Crewe yeah, to, get his hat, to get his hat trick, which he smashed from, I mean, it was about 80 yards, but in reality, probably <laughs> 30. Um, and, and that goal, um, you kind of almost... You wish from that point that that Joe Jordan at the time had gone. He's got his hat trick. Let's be emotional. Let's take him off now because we we win the league then if that's the case. But he doesn't. He stays on, does his hamstring, and is really ruled out for the rest of the season. He doesn't. He comes back and again. He only, I made had, a, he only had five minutes to bring him off. Did, was that what it was? Was it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, I remember going to his first game back that season after that injury away at Bolton um, at their old ground. Um, 
he was strapped up, clearly not fit. And it was just, it was devastating because as I say, you know, it's one thing to, to lose a league. Um, and, and in fairness to Bristol Rovers, you know, you, you can't say that's not, it's not fair for me to say, but I do genuinely feel if Bob Taylor had been fit and I don't know off the top of my head how many games it was that he missed, but you, you would feel that Bob would have scored goals and would have made the difference in certain games. But just, I mean, an unbelievable player patch in terms of his physicality. He had massive thighs, Bob Taylor. Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, again, he wasn't slow, but wasn't, you know, we're not talking an Andy Cole burst of pace, but formed a great partnership. And, you know, we, we've we said throughout this podcast, we talked about Mark Gavin um, and Dave Smith. Dave Smith yeah. We've talked about Tins in Murray or Tins in Mickey Bell. And Turner and Taylor would be, Lots of Bristol City fans' favourite front two. The game against Chelsea in the FA Cup, where Bob didn't actually score, he nearly put Dave Besant's head in the net when he he, he missed <laughs> yes. the ball that then Robbie Turner scored from. Um, but yeah, he. I mean, I think he scored. Was it thirty-four goals that that promotion winning season? I'm sure, it was thirty-four. Um, and was just an, an unbelievable player. Again, I saw yeah. him. Yeah, thirty-four. I saw him walking. I was working then. So, what year would that have been, Patch? Eighty-nine. Um, Eighty-nine. So, I've been at work for a year, um, and I remember walking around Debenhams on a lunchtime because I used to work in town, and Bob Taylor was walking around, and I literally followed him around. <laughs> you get done for that in this day. Yeah, I know. Yeah, couldn't go out to speak to him because I just felt, oh my God, it's Bob Taylor. You know, and I'm nineteen years of age, so I'm not a kid. Keep Bob. But it was, yeah, and you know, you we all remember the the chant. I've been lucky enough. I, I went and watched a game Bristol City played against West Brom, and I, I was in hospitality there. And Bob came in because obviously he's he, he was so well liked from a West Brom point of view. But because I worked in an insurance office and we had um, screen dividers, and on my screen divider I had pictures of Bob Taylor and another player that we'll talk about. Um, and I, I actually kept, and I've still got them as we're talking. I'll, I'll see if I can find it. But I kept press cuttings. Uh, Bob Taylor um, and when he moved to West Brom I was devastated you know Adam talked about um, when Wayne went to Swindon for me when Bob Taylor left it was like what are we doing he was playing in a reserve game and Jimmy Lumsden was the manager at the time and I remember shouting out what on earth along the lines of what on earth is Bob Taylor doing in the reserves and the Evening Post printed how Jimmy Lumsden got some stick about Bob Taylor. And it was it was me basically was you, yeah, behind the you. dugout giving it giving it the large what, one. But was that not a big what, factor in in Lumsden sort of moving on? The, I think, the hatred from the fans and Dennis yeah. Dennis Smith was next, wasn't he? After that, yeah, yeah. Po- possibly. And, I mean, he, he, and he was just an unbelievable player. I mean, he scored the following season. I think our opening game was against Blackburn. Um, and I think he scored two in that game when we talked about Louis Donoa and but yeah he came in and, and funnily enough a player that again probably isn't in anyone's top five but it deserves a shout Nicky Morgan was being played over Bob Taylor and I couldn't get it for the, for loving the money and probably why I don't particularly like Nicky Morgan or that's unfair I don't as a as a player but he's not a player yes. that I kind of have fond memories of and actually, that's wrong because he was a really good player, but I didn't like him because he took Bob Taylor's place for me. He scored some great he goals wants, himself. Oh, he did. Yeah, he did. He did. So he won yeah, Super Bob, though, was he? Yeah. Exactly that. And that, and and you know, you, you say Patrick about elevating him. Ads is saying it now. It's Super Bob, isn't it? You well, know, the, we're talking the, the, all the, these bounty, years the later. bounty hunter used to call him God, didn't there? There was a few that were yeah, referred yeah. to him as, as God. Yeah. So yeah. you know, the Super Bob and 
when if you're it usually happens when you're four or five nil up or ironically away from home four or five nil down and you start getting all the old chants out <laughs> super bob is one of the first ones that'll, that'll yeah. come yeah. out so yeah. that kind of says it all that you've now got kids that are 18 20 uh, of such you know and they're they're still singing about a player who was Who's playing in 1990? Do you know what I mean? So, Facts. just just give the, those appearance and goals again, mate. Sorry for Bob. Bob, yeah. Um, so he made 126 appearances, 58 goals, and yep. that was seven braces and four hat tricks. Which, when you you'd say that season was 34 goals, you know, you look at that and think, wow, you know, um, I don't know how many appearances he made in that season, but. He should have. He should have been with us for a number of number of years. Thirty-seven, um, forty-seven appearances. Was it? Yeah, and thirty-four goals. And have we know, had a player since then score thirty-four goals in a no, single season? Good no. question. No chance. No chance. I can't think. Of not one. even. Not even. I wouldn't even say not close even to close. it. No. Um, no. Just, just, just a, a brilliant player who then went on to do brilliant things. I mean, West Brom. He would be in West Brom fans' top five, and look yeah. at the players they will have had. So that speaks volumes for it, doesn't it? Absolutely. Okay, so uh, Bob Bob Taylor was my number two as well. Um, you know, all all those same reasons. He's a goal scoring machine. Yeah. At the end of the day, and I remember the um, the open top bus tour and sort of shouting out to him, "Please stay, please stay," <laughs> all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, just uh, again, go through, have a look at some of his goals that are on YouTube. Fantastic. Yeah. Still on my hit list to get on to Robins Reunited, and hopefully oh, one yeah. day that will happen, but who knows? And great to get him back to former players as well. Yeah, I think, oh, he, has been, I think he has been asked. Yeah. Um, but um, hopefully, hopefully he will come back soon. Right, so let's have a look. Oh, so he's not in your top five ads, Bob Taylor? No, he's not in my top five. And this is the line. And when you listen the party to the line. Wait, when you listen to the wingers thing, and it was, you know, I think the last two minutes of the wingers was talking about Bob Taylor and how he's going to be top of everyone's list. And if nobody says Bob Taylor, they don't know anything about it. And then I'm down to do the strikers one. I'm thinking, oh no, I'm going to get absolute <laughs> pelters for this. But he was right on the cusp of me understanding. We used to kick, I used to spend most of my time kicking a can around the front of the East End. Yeah. You know, I, I very rarely watched it. And as much as I know all about Bob Taylor, mm. I couldn't honestly say he is mine. No, even but, though and, I, and that's, I could have and said it. it and gone along with it. You know, I yeah, could have yeah, just yeah. hit the box. So it's very no, easy fact, to go to the Lions that's, and say, that speaks volumes for you, mate. That speaks volumes no, I, I have to be honest. And there's there's a couple more players that, for me personally, you know, I haven't got emotional attachment to. And I'm not saying that Wayne Allison was a better player than Bob Taylor. But yeah. for me, he, but he means more to you. Yeah. He means more Indeed. to you. Your top five, yeah, absolutely, that's absolutely right. Uh, good stuff. Okay, right. So, how are we going to do this? Let's do your number one, then. Um, actually, no, we won't. We will. We'll do right. We'll do Adams number three, who is also my number one and Matt's number one, and that Fine. is Jackie Jackanowski. So, Jackanowski, fifty-five appearances, nine goals. Um, and absolute honour and privilege to speak to him the day before his 60th birthday in September last year, and what uh, an experience that was, and it, and it was a, a two-hour-long podcast, which, Adam, you contributed to as well. It was, and how can a player that played less than 60 times and didn't even reach double figures as a striker be 
<laughs> in my top five and both of yours number, number one. one yeah you know refer to a two hour long podcast for answer because jackanovsky is a, a thing of legend you know this is a he used to be a professional archery player then he decided to go and play for celtic won a european trophy with celtic popped down to bristol did everything he wanted to do in bristol off the pitch was a <laughs> magician on the pitch um and yeah he didn't ever score any goals you know you go back to the the john motson commentary of the fa cup and what he did there that's that's gone down in bristol city folklore mm-hmm. um it was a lovely time when, like i said earlier him and coley together were brilliant um and i had a, a picture on the back of my bedroom door that i bought off of second mention for beryl in the in the club shop at the <laughs> time which is just outside the old williams um used to be able to get pictures of all the players for 50p yeah. um and you peel off the back and they would stick to the things and that picture stayed on the back of my door in pride of place for many, many, many years. Um, and I, I'd imagine if you go down to mum and dad's house, it's probably still there now. But it's um, Jackanowski was a player that people knew because of his different name. And again, all the kids at school would see it. And you, you'd see and read about all the tricks and watch about it on Westmatch Plus on the highlights. And to hear the commentary about Jackanowski. He was just an absolute magician. Jackie is magic. I used to have written on my pencil case, and that's just, that's all I can say about the guy because yeah. he was a real cult hero. Matt is, and still is, and still is now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that that we we spoke to Jackie about it. We were down in Bournemouth, and we yeah. heard some fans singing and doing the Jackanowski thirty uh, odd years later. And it, but it's, Matt, his 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 ball skills, his footballing brain, and the fact that. He didn't see feel the need to do anything other than be in the final third of the pitch. And we have Wayne Allison sort of saying he used to get lambasted. And he said, no, no, you just give me the ball and I'll do the rest kind of thing. But uh, yeah, magic to watch. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. Yeah, so like you said, Patch in Bournemouth, it, but it was young lads that were singing it and, and Adam was saying, hey, you know, these these players have, you know, they transcend time, don't they? They transcend fans having seen them play, but Jackanowski was just something special. And I know... Fans will say, well, he, he wasn't a striker, but he, he was at times for City. So, yeah, not not always, but I remember him playing up top with Andy Cole. He might have dropped into that kind of 10, but we've seen Tommy Conway drop into that. And we wouldn't say Tommy Conway wasn't a striker. So, um, just an unbelievable talent, a, a, a magician on the ball, did things that you just, you know, you, you wouldn't, we'd never seen before as Bristol City fans. Um and, you know, I remember the goal that he scored, I was in the East End on his debut against South End United and it just erupted. Um, and I think probably his off-the-field antics added to that little bit of mystery legend. about him as well. In legend. 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, and every, so... time, every time a former player or, you know, someone associated with the club is asked, can you give us some Jack Anusky stories off, off the field? They all say no. No, yeah, because they they know what it was like. Yeah, it's almost like they've all signed something by written an NDA. by Jackie. They've got a Jackie NDA, yeah, um, <laughs> or they were involved themselves, and they exactly, don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, he he just he just was, and and as I've just said, probably Bob Taylor would be my my number one striker, and you know, and I know I was the guinea pig for this 
back, but but Jackie is is my favourite player of all time. So and what I didn't realise, Matt, and this probably is very rarely happens, but he came back after he'd left to say goodbye to the City fans and was paraded on the pitch before a game, uh, the South End United game on September the fourth, nineteen ninety three. Yeah. Um and and said farewell basically and uh, got a, uh, got a standing do you know, ovation. Do you know what, Patch? How nice would that be in this modern day and age? Of course, yeah. Of players doing that. And and maybe would take away some of the idiocy that goes on down there when you get great players. And we'll we will see it in spade loads when we play Millwall away. Joe Bryan will get a load of stick if Joe Bryan plays for Millwall that day from some of our fans. And it's like, what are you doing? This is a lad that gave his everything for Bristol City, gave us some unbelievable moments. Okay, it's not worked out. He's not come back. We'd have loved for him to come back. Not everybody wanted him back. But, you know, and it's that kind of thing. So that would be a lovely thing to do, I reckon, for, for lots of these players. And they don't get afforded that. But but Jackie was a special, special talent. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, as I say, he was uh, mine and Matt's number one. So who was Adam's number one, I I hear you ask? Uh, Okay, so he came back down to Ashton Gate twice uh, this season, once to watch his uh, next club, Man City, and once to celebrate that that promotion with John Ward. Um, So it's uh, Sean Gota, 93 appearances, 43 goals, two hat-tricks and that's a goal every 2.16 games uh adam what a goal scorer sean go to us what a goal scorer what a player what a man um everything all of the above and i've got quite a few personal stories of him and you know the the, the 98 97 98 promotion team with him was fantastic when i read about it on cfax that we'd sold him um, and we ended up replacing him with a guy called Sean McCarthy, which I hope nobody, not even all <laughs> Tom voted for. Um, but when we when we lost him, it was like the the heart had been ripped out of out of the club. Um, he could score goals from anywhere. He could. He was powerful in the air. He was deceptively quick for a, for a big guy. You know, Lenny they used to call him Big Len. We went to Watford away because we were battling it out us and Watford, and we had Watford away. Um, about December time. And by then it was clear that both of us were going to get promoted. And there's a ball put through and Goater picks it up on the halfway line. He's running towards what was probably 7,000 City fans that day, Matt. I don't know whether you were there that day. And yeah, it would have, he, yeah. He ran and he kept it on his left foot and he just held off the defender coming in from him. And it seemed to take an age to get from the halfway line, but he coolly slotted it in to put us 1-0 up. Gift and Noel Williams equalised 1-1. But... He did the same sort of goal at Rovers away. He scored there, and I think that was a Gloucester Cup game one one Tuesday night. He scored against the gas at home, the front post, a little knock. Everything he did was brilliant for us. He could finish. And then when he went on to become, he's still a Manchester City legend now. Um, he's one of their top players. He was when it first started turning. And it goes to show how, in what high regard he's held by Man City fans. Because we played South End away on the last day of the season, it must have been 2005, 2006-ish. Um, and we were in the pub beforehand, South End away. We didn't have too many travelling down, but it was the last day, so everyone's in good spirits. And when we got into the ground, and, and beforehand, there was a lot of Sean Goater masks, because it was going to be Goater's last game in professional football. And Man City fans, there was about six, 700 of them that had all travelled down, 
They had a corner, just Man City fans. They're all singing Blue Moon. Then you've got the Bristol City fans, and then you've got the South End fans. There's three sets of fans in the ground, and they took Goater off after 70, 80 minutes. And the ovation he got from three sets of fans in there, he walked around the pitch, he did his own lap of honour during the game. <laughs> it was a surreal moment, and that says just what a player Goater was for Man City. Um, and for me, for Bristol City, I loved the bloke. He was brilliant. And one final thing on him is my my little boy, Sonny, who's now nine years old and a cracking little lad, comes down to City every week with us, and you two have both met him many times. Yeah. He was born on a Thursday, and we were home on the Saturday. At halftime, I popped down to the player's bar to have a beer, and who's in there but Sean Goater. And mm-hmm. I told him that my little boy's just been born. He bought me a pint. He shook <laughs> me hand. He asked if I wanted a selfie. He signed me a little wow. program. Sonny was in the program. I, someone I know had arranged it. He was in the program. He signed it to Sonny, all the best. Enjoy this club. And I will never, ever forget that game from meeting Sean Goer. Right. What story? Um, so the Bermudan international, uh, uh, you've, you've mentioned how he's held in high regard in this country, but you go across to Bermuda. And I think they have Sean Goater Day, for example. He is an absolute legend, absolute legend over there. And uh, yeah, what what a player, Matt. Some of the goals that he scored, Adam's already touched on virtually all of it, but you just knew that he was going to score. He's another one that you look at and think, actually not in my top five? Because like, like, <laughs> Ads, like Ads, I absolutely loved him. But do you know, I genuinely forgot about him. Um he scored some really good goals, important goals. Um, and to go on and do what he then did at Manchester City, like Adam said, when they were really starting to turn around. Um, and I've, I've got a feeling they were in the league below us when he left us because it was in their dark days. And then I think we may have got relegated the next season. And obviously they got promoted. We, yeah, we, we crossed, missed each other. We crossed, yeah. didn't we? Um, but yeah, just just an unbelievable player. Um, you know, you you got to spend a lot of time with him, Patch, um, with former players, didn't you? And yeah, he was um, he was unreal, unreal. Yeah, fantastic. Right, okay, so that brings us to the end. So just to recap, um, Matt, you were Tammy Abraham, Lee Trundle, Glim Riley, Bob Taylor, Jackie Jakonowski. Ads, you were Adi Akinbai, Wayne Allison, Jackie Jakonowski, Andy Cole, Sean Gota, and I was Tony Thorpe, David Seal, Andy Cole, Bob Taylor, and Jakonowski. So some similarities and some disparities, which is which is always good. But how does that affect the table? So there are twenty players in the table um and we'll go from the bottom up and the first one to give a shout out to is stevie neville we've already spoken about him um as the partnership with glim riley then paul agostino Uh, so i think one of only a few players to have scored was it four goals in one game for the st albans against st albans in the fa cup yeah yeah. st albans um then then adi akinbaye so uh, you got them in there, Adam. Then Joe what, Jordan. What did yeah. AD get? 17th, AD Akinbaye was, wasn't he? Eight, 18th. 18th. Crikey. Crikey. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then Joe Jordan yeah. after him. Yeah. So uh, he would have played as player manager in yeah. a number of games as well. Well, played, played as a player. Yeah, he's played a start and then player manager. Right. Yeah. How many, I wonder how many appearances he had, Patch. You know, appearances and goals? 
Um, let's have a look how quickly I can find Joe Jordan. So there he is. Not Andrew Jordan, Joe Jordan. So he played 78 times for City right. and scored 12 goals. Yeah. Obviously, right at the end of his career. But yeah. Yeah. What, what an influence he had. Yeah. So seven goals in the 86, 87 season. Yeah. Um, and then went on to, I think he played, so that, that, Norwich, oh, sorry, not Nottingham Forest away game. Yeah, the, the Paul Marden goal. He played up front in that game, and that that was sort of towards the end, towards the end of his um, footballing life, I yeah. think, in terms of playing. Um, right then, we've got Robbie Turner. So Robbie Turner's on there um, for that partnership, and the, the height, the height of his City fame, obviously, was that Chelsea game. Um, Taylor and Turner, as you say, the wristband. The character. I, oh, the I do. Pants. I the do wonder pants. if Robbie Turner is in there because of the Taylor and Turner sort of situation. Because yeah. on, on his own, with the names we've talked about, and whether that's old or or young, Robbie Turner probably wouldn't make who a top would he five. Have been, who else would he have been up front with? Nicky Morgan. Nick, I Nicky Morgan. Yeah, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then in fourteenth uh, place, it's David Seal, yep. which spoke about. Okay, into I think fifteenth. No, th- oh, sorry, we're up to thirteenth. Thirteenth now. Uh, this is an interesting one because he played for us towards the end of his career, and the story that when he signed for Bristol City was that uh, Steve Cottrell found him in a gym in Dubai. In Dubai, um, yeah. And that is Aaron Wilbraham. So Aaron Wilbraham, part of that magical uh, double-winning team. Uh, 125 appearances for City, 34 goals, 21 yeah. goals in, the, in that first season, 2014-15. And, and, and in truth, again, you know, we keep saying it, it's the way we do it and stuff, but in terms of a, a striker with the influence that he had, Aaron Wilbrand probably should be in all of our top fives because massive. he was a massive influence on that that side, wasn't he? So, yeah. Be yeah interesting the players to see. in that Did squad he, loved him. Has he left, has he left Shrewsbury with, with Cots? Not sure. No, I'm not sure. But you think he would go on and, and probably have a successful managerial career as well. So he's in the list um, of the oldest ever first goal for Bristol yes. City. He was yeah. 34, almost 35 when he scored his first goal for Bristol City and then went, yeah. went on to score 34 more goals, 33 more goals. Very influential in the, in Very. the team on the pitch. On and off and the pitch. More yeah. off the pitch, massively, yeah. yeah. I got Great a feeling guy. we'll see him back down Ashton Gate in some capacity at some point in the future. Well, it'd be good to see, yeah. Right, then we are into number 12, and that is Lee Trundle. Next up in 11th place, 132 goals, 46, sorry, 132 uh, appearances, 46 goals, a goal every 2.87, Nicky Maynard. Maynard. Yeah, Nicky Maynard, yeah. yeah. So Nicky Maynard yeah. is another player who, a bit like David Seal, would, would literally pick up the ball and, and have a shot um i remember a goal um i think he just come on and he took cut inside and, and unleashed one i think yeah. it might have been against cardiff was it against cardiff i think it might have been actually yeah yeah the yellow shirts cardiff had their yellow kit on didn't they yeah, yeah. um but nicky maynard matt he's uh, someone who left a bit early for me what was the reason he, behind he, that? He, he did and there was a there's the story around he didn't want his um, child, child it was growing up with a Bristolian accent, and so that that soured his relationship. But he, he was a player actually that we we coveted quite a lot from Crew, 
was a, a big signing when we got him. I think we paid over two a million for him. Was it? Two yeah, two and a half. Good, two point two million. So two point five. Good, good money half. for him, but didn't then go on and do much after he left us. And I know did we sell him to West Ham? West Ham. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I don't think he scored many goals. Um, he went there and thereabouts. But you know, he, I mean, I remember watching him play against. I think he played for MK Dons. Did nothing. Um, so it didn't quite work out for him. But for us, I mean, there's the one goal, the, the volley that he scored away at, Chris, at QPR, oh, yeah, which was an unbelievable yeah. goal. That's it, like the top, day, it? top five championship all-time goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was unbelievable goal. But yeah, quality Did he score a hat-trick on his debut? Was he one of the players that scored a hat-trick on his debut? I believe he did. Not, Don't know. Not, not, not for us. In the League Cup? Come on. In the no, League Cup? Did he not? He's only, he's, only, he's never scored a hat-trick for City. In a friendly, or am I just completely? <laughs> might, might have been a friendly. In, 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 in training or something like that, yeah. He scored seven. Football manager. Was it football manager? <laughs> yeah, yeah, seven, yeah. seven braces, but never a hat trick okay. um, for City. But yeah, absolutely deserves to be in there. Then we come to Tony Thorpe, who we've spoken about. Uh, well, one we haven't spoken about. Uh, I actually put a video up the other day of him scoring a hat trick in a foggy Torquay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Leroy Lita. Leroy. Yeah. Um, One hundred appearances, thirty-eight goals, a goal every two point six three, and yeah, absolutely burst onto the scene as as a youngster. And in that one season, that uh, that he scored most of his goals as well, Matt. What? Yeah. Uh, what? A, what? A, we talk about players who were quick as lightning. He was definitely up there, wasn't he? He was, and you know, go back to moments. Danny Wilson not picking him to play in that um, playoff right, final Brighton. against Brighton. You know, I reckon that probably haunts Danny Wilson a little bit. Um, and who knows what might have happened from that point of view. But yeah, and, and obviously got a big money move to to Reading um, and scored a lot of goals for them. So really good player, Lee Rulita. And in fact, I'm sure I saw somebody the other day he's still playing. Yeah, I think you're right. Adam, we spoke about Bob Taylor, 34 goals, I think it was. Leroy ran close, 29 goals in the 2004-2005 season. Yeah, he was on fire. A very powerful little player, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Deceptively good in the air. Oh, yeah, he scored some headers as well, didn't he? Very good in the air, yeah. That hat-trick you put on against Torquay, I mean, he scores Mm. one absolutely worldie from outside the box and then a really good, powerful header, yeah. Yeah, and then slot one in from there. I once lost a girlfriend to him. I got finished, and then two weeks later, she's going to have Leroy Lita. So I don't blame her, to be honest. I was working in a a factory packing bags at the time, so I don't really blame her. (laughs) Oh, brilliant. Love it. Nice girl. Hello, Beth, if you're listening. Nice girl. (laughs) I'm sure she isn't. Um, Right. Eighth is is the chief Wayne Allison. Um, and then seventh is Bobby Reed. So yeah. Bobby Reed makes it into the seventh um all-time well, all-time 40 year last 40 years striker. Uh and that really is down to that one season, Matt, I guess, isn't it? In yeah, terms like, of the one absolutely. season that he played as a striker, scoring score? 21 goals. There you go. You know, and we've we've talked about even within our top fives, players who who played less games, um, didn't score as many goals. But yeah, Bobby Reed absolutely deserves to be in this list for that that one season, and still, you know, forging a really good career in the Premier League now. Yeah, I mean, you look at um, 
uh, we've spoken about Tammy Abraham. He played one season for us, and he's yeah. made it in. And we still, exactly. got, we still haven't even got to his name yet on yeah. the in, in the list. Uh, but what a masterstroke from from Lee Johnson adds in terms of saying, right, let's put you up front. You've shown us what you can do, and and he absolutely flew. It took a lot of faith to to do that to to risk your job on a young lad. Um, yeah. He scored that hat trick. That when he scored that hat trick against Sheffield United, I think at home. He was uh, Sheffield unplayable. Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday. Um, my facts are so close, but yet so far on every time. <laughs> um, he was unplayable that day. He yeah. was very, very good. And that season, he was on fire, wasn't he? That penalty at Man City away. In terms of One the moment. modern player, yeah, he was he was brilliant. Really good. And it's so good to watch him. We said at the top of the pod, didn't we? You always follow the players. And it's so yeah. good to watch him still doing it. On match of the day now, was under his pseudonym, D Cordova Reed. Um but yeah, brilliant player and fair play to Lee Johnson for noticing what was centre midfielder, right wing back, someone who's not a bit light, bit small, not going to get away with it. To put him in that number ten role and to give him that freedom up front, that was a that was a great great bit of tactical play by Johnson. Yeah, fair play to him. And when we come to magic moments next week, I'm expecting to be talking about that moment at Man City uh, yeah. a, a lot because. Yeah. That moment, obviously, I, when we were singing, all however many thousand of us there were in the Etihad, um, by far the greatest team the world has ever seen. You actually believed that kind of for a split second because we're one 0 up at Man City in the semi-finals of a of a of a trophy, um, and yeah, and we, that we was know, a magic. That was a magic moment. It's, we all know it's what got happened. to be in there, definitely. <laughs> right. Okay. So we are now in seventh, I think. Uh, no, sixth. So sixth is Glim Riley, Matt. There you go. Yep. Um, so Glim Riley in at six. Fifth is your man Sean Goater, Adam. Then in fourth place is Tammy Abraham. So Tammy Abraham, 48 wow. appearances. And actually, the next three players are all under 60 appearances, and that's the top four. Wow. Um, so I mean, I guess that says, Matt, if you're a striker who scores goals. You're not going to hang around for very long unless we're in the top flight. No, exactly. You'll get picked off, won't you, by teams in leagues above. So, yeah. Because, yeah, you, you sort of, teams above, look at the scoring charts and yeah. think, right, we'll have him. <laughs> Ta- Tammy was different because he was on loan and, and was of always course. then, after yeah. that season, was always going to go on and play at a yeah. higher level, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, third place is Andy Cole. Um, and then the top two, this is the closest top two in terms of points that we've had so far on these podcasts so on uh, 51 points in second place is jackie jackanowski yeah. <laughs> um which yeah. means number one is bob taylor with 55 points yeah so yeah top well, five taylor first jackanowski second cole third abraham fourth sean go to fifth yeah. imagine having those five at your disposal in it <laughs> just incredible uh, and as we we often do, Patch, when you then look at the players we've not talked about. Yeah, let's do that. Some incredible. So we'll we'll go. I know we talked about the 40 years, but you are talking about players like Let's John open Att- it up now to everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so John Attio, obviously, you know, would would be City's all time. So know. John Attio, six hundred and forty five appearances, three hundred and fifty one goals. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Tom Tom Ritchie, Tom Ritchie, yeah, you know, 132 goals, yeah, and yeah, um, um, what a man, what a man Tom Ritchie is. Yeah, um, and I, I, 
It's, it's funny because I say this all the time. A nicer man you couldn't meet. I've, <laughs> said, I've said that about probably five or six players. Everyone. Yeah, they're all everyone. Matt. That part, but, but he just is Patch, isn't he? And, and his wife on. Doreen that, as well. That'll know. go on your tribute. A nicer man he couldn't meet. Well, and he that, said that, that about everybody. I know, but it is true though, isn't it, Patch? They are all, all of that, especially, you know, the, the ones that we see week in, week out, um, you know, well, I'm not, I'm not going to name check them all, but yeah, lovely. There's so what we, what we're probably better off doing, Matt, is I've got the list of the top fifty goal scorers here. Um, Go on, I'll, yeah. I'll rattle through some of them because some of them yeah. aren't aren't strikers like Scott Go Murray, on, yeah. for example, yeah. Alan Walsh. Mm. Um, but Alan Walsh did play sometimes as a striker. So yeah. Arnold Rogers, obviously yeah. we 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 know Dave Rogers is a, from the FPA, but his dad scored one hundred and twelve goals, um, and Jimmy Rogers. Um, yep. who was a, a forward in the 50s. Um, I don't know, Tot, Tot Walsh. Tot Walsh, yeah. Tot yeah. Walsh, yeah. Um, played in the 20s. Uh, comes next on 91 goals. John Galley, who's been on the podcast, 90 yep. goals. Brian Clark, who's um, I've got on 89. And then you've got Sammy Gilligan, uh, who played in the 1900s? So he would have wow. played in that. He's FA in the Cup FA Cup final. funnel. Yeah, yeah, he would have been there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bobby Williams, uh, who is an FPA ambassador, uh, and a nicer Blake you couldn't wish to meet. <laughs> 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 it's true, though. Uh, Shadow is a legend. Yeah. yeah, Bobby Shadow Williams, 82. Don Clark, 81. Then Glim Riley on 77. Cyril Williams, 77. Lee Peacock, we haven't mentioned. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, scored 63 goals for Bristol City and some absolute screamers as well. Um, then you come to Tony Thorpe, Rob Newman, obviously not a striker. Uh, Willie Maxwell must I've, have been from. I thought cheese. I thought cheese would have scored more than more than sort of sixty goals. Oh, cheese! Um, you no. might come. You'll probably come to. He's not in the top fifty. I had that really bad injury, didn't he? Yeah, so, obviously the injury yeah, scuppered, yeah. scuppered yeah, yeah. his goal scoring. Yeah. Bob Taylor and Wayne Allison both on fifty-eight. Uh, Albert Keating uh, played in the twenties. And then you got Jerry Sharp, Chris Garland. Yep. Um, but obviously, so Chris Garland, obviously one of the one of the Ashton Gate Eight, and uh, on um, two hundred and forty eight appearances, fifty four goals in two three separate stints for Chris Garland. Um, Matt, did you ever see Chris Garland play? I did. Yeah, brilliant player. I actually saw. I want to say it was his testimonial, but it was Man United. Man United. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I went and saw a game out in the stick somewhere and it's completely gone out of my head where it was. But George Best played as well as Chris Garland. Oh, right, yeah. Um, yeah, George Best. I mean, unreal. Yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, Chris Garland, just a shame I didn't ever get to see him play. Minehead. Minehead it was. Oh, blimey. There we are. Right. right. So, so I can't other, believe it. Other names. So, hang on, we're still going. Oh, right, sorry. Famara Zizou. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, still, I'd still have him back now, personally. Yeah, Honestly. I saw someone someone tweeted that the other day. Um, I just didn't get to read it because of the new tweeting rules that Elon Musk has introduced. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, a player we haven't replaced, Adam, and he was as good going forward as he was defending as well um, for me. And you know, his first touch sometimes came into question, but he often got away with it because he was so quick and and would sort of lunge in and win the ball back. But a score of some fantastic goals. I don't think we appreciate what we have with Sam. You know, when he was there, he, I think he was played at the time more as a defender because he'd win every single ball in a, from defensive headers. 
but and then sort of trampoline foot up front. But since he's been gone to replace him, Chris since Martin. Been gone. <laughs> Very nice. Maybe Chris Martin came in to try and play that role, and he was nothing like him. And there was rumours, and I think it was only because he was just popping back to say hello to people, but rumours last mm. season that he might be linked and how true they were not. And I think everyone was pretty keen on thinking this could be quite a good fit. He was a good player, fam, and I don't know how match fit he is in terms of the level he's playing at at the moment. Mm. So I don't know whether I'd, I'd probably rather see us push on rather than sign him again. But yeah, I think for us, last, last was, season was, was probably the, the chance. Um, yeah. Then Andy Vyman creeps in yep. uh, onto the the, bo- the board outside as, the... Uh, as he should for that. In the um, concourse, yeah, yeah, 50 goals. And yeah. and that season was, was quite quite remarkable, really, wasn't it? The um, yeah. the season he got 21, the 21-22 season, scored 20 goals, 22 goals even, and I think 12 assists as yeah. well, which is incredible. Uh, Bobby Etheridge, Andy Burton, Billy Pocock, Albert Fairclough, Kevin Mabbott. Yeah, does that definitely deserves a mention for the late seventies, Matt? And um, I think I was told a story on a podcast a, a little while ago that his um, his license plate currently in the states where he lives is three at Manu. Is it? Yeah, is there it? you go. <laughs> um, and, Sorry, and, and has just come back to Bristol. I know um, Neil yeah. Palmer spent some time with him with the former players, yeah. um, and and hope to get him back again next season. But yeah, Kevin Mabbert. I mean, <clears throat> you boys weren't even born then, but. You're talking about a local superstar with Kevin Mabbott. Had a fan club, his own fan club as a player. <laughs> Used to drive around in a little um, TR7 with his his details on the side of the car. Um, but yeah, re- really, really good striker. Um, there was a documentary on him uh, a few months ago, wasn't there? Well, not, not a, a, a sort of extended news yes. reel that, yeah. that we must have shared. And, and it yeah. showed... Did you did you not see this patch? I thought it was something we we would have shared oh, was, with each other. Would it have been like the the glory years or something like that? One of those things, or was yeah, it a more it was recent talking thing? About, no, yeah, it was, it was sort of filmed back in back in the day and talking about right. how he was touted for success and England yeah. were on the on the cards and all this sort of thing. So it was really good to see that superstar. And yeah, he must have been he must have been really good to be honest, Matt. Oh, he was. Yeah, yeah he was. Not many City players will ever score a hat trick at, at Old Trafford. Um, Alec Eisenstrager. A uh, player from the forties, forties and fifties. Nicky Maynard, then Jimmy yep. Mann, yeah, uh, who we've spoken about. Alex Tate, Terry Bush, Sean Gota, and Brian Tinian in at fortieth highest goal scorers on forty three. Alex K, um, who was from literally the start eighteen ninety seven. Um, right. Then Ted Bowen, Steve Brooker, we haven't mentioned. Obviously, no. more more recent yeah, times. Yeah. I think a, a man who struggled with injury. Yeah. Um, but certainly would have, you know, scored 16 goals in the 2004 season, 16 goals in the 2005 season, and then it sort of drifted off a little bit in terms of of goals. For and him. he was a, he was a powerful man, Steve Brooker. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Alf Dean, who was from the 1900s in in the early days, then Lee Rolita, and then I'll just mention that the next two, Aidan Flint and Mickey Bell, are in the top 50. Hey. Bristol well, City all-time goal scorers. It shows that. <laughs> yeah. And then Sam Baldock, we haven't mentioned. So I was going to say Sam Baldock. Yeah, wow, I've got yeah. Sam Baldock down. Um, brings us to the end of that list. But yeah, Sam Baldock uh, made uh, 93 appearances, so 36 goals. He's got 26 a couple more. in yeah, one season. There, yeah. There's there's one who's going to stand out for a special memory as Go well. On, so Adam might have him on his list. Go on, Ed. Christian, Christian Roberts. Exactly. Oh, special wow, memory. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, got well, and, and again, we, we spoke about um, Wilbraham, Kieran Agard, who Kieran he yeah. went, but what he was, he what was the goal scorer. Yeah, what an impact in that season. Um, Emmanuel Thomas was Jay, a little yeah, sort of got him Jack Anoski type figure, and he's outscoring goals and, in the Indian Premier League. I think at the moment, yeah, seeing him on Instagram. Matt got, Smith um, that season when Matt Smith season. came in on loan. Yeah, because I th- four we, goals Kieran away. Got injured. Yeah, and the JP JPT. Yeah, yeah. Because Agar was injured and we needed right. someone to come in, and Matt Smith yeah. was superb. And then my last one, I got my list. We hadn't spoke about was in another hell of a season more recently. It was Darren Byfield. Yeah, it was. It was. I think he was only top scorer with yeah. nine or eleven or something like yeah. that. But obviously, we made the playoff final. What he um, what he married to? What's her face as well? Um, Jamelia. Jamelia. That was it. I was going to say Alicia Dixon, but Jamelia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, atomic, John atomic John Stead. John Stead. Yeah, John Stead. Uh, what he kept us up that season. Exactly, but you know, really popular. Um, Brett P- Brett Pittman. Yeah. God, Brett, P- Brett Pittman run, ran he? ran with a parachute on, didn't he? Just. <laughs> <laughs> But never just, got a run, Pritman. Never no, kind but what, of got what going. a goal scorer. What you know, a scorer yes. of great goals. Yeah. 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 What a great goal scorer. And yeah, you know, as I say, the way he sort of carried himself didn't yeah. actually like look like a footballer, but no. could actually absolutely and still does score plenty yeah. of goals. Talked yeah. about um obviously Codger um Delhi Adebola. Delhi, yeah, deserves a shout. Big Delhi. Um, Big Delhi, Joe yeah. Royal. Joe Royal deserves a shout. Oh, Joe um, Royal. You yes. know, talking about goals on debuts, Joe Rowe four, four yeah. on his debut against Middlesbrough. So we haven't spoken about Paul Cheesley, um, and I think yeah. we definitely should because he's still yeah. a massive part of the fabric um, in the former Players Association at Ashton Gate. So his stats, Adam, uh, 76 appearances, 21 goals, 16 yeah, goals in that promotion season. Um, and obviously that one goal uh, against Arsenal in the first game back in the top flight. but. People you speak to, former players, players that you played against, had him touted as the future of of English football, really, Matt, didn't they? In yeah. terms of what he would go on to achieve, and um, watching some of the some of the goals that he scored and on uh, on YouTube and things like that, powerful header, powerful striker, powerful leap. fearless, yeah, fearless. absolutely, Absolute. and and adds that it was that fearlessness that got him his injury, really going in for a ball like he did, but mm. yeah, I mean. What what a lot of people, and I think we might have said this on the podcast, but he turned down the opportunity to play for, I don't know if it was the full England side or if it was the England B or Reses or you know, whatever, 21s, whatever. But he turned it down to play in a game for Bristol City. I'm sure it was England. Yeah, um, it was, yeah. But Alan Dick yeah. spoke to him and he was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm going to play, play for the City, which, you know, speaks volumes for the man, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a player that, when I speak to dad, who's, who's now into his 70s, um, Jesus up there, and I'm amazed he, d- he didn't score more goals. Obviously, with the injury, but mm. he he speaks so so highly of Paul Cheesley. And like, if I was to meet Sean Goater now to, again, Dad was is exactly the same. Which is so strange seeing Dad get starstruck at the age of seventy one <laughs> when he's meeting Cheesley. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, he's he's right up there, and right is so patched that he should get a mention. Yeah, Colin Cran, Steve Torpy, there's loads. Yeah, I mean there are going to be many other strikers that that deserve a mention. Anyone who's ever scored a goal and contributed towards Bristol City should should be mentioned. But um, unfortunately, we haven't got the time. But uh, Matt, did you want to just give a shout out to Bass Savage or? No, thanks, mate. No. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, 
So let's uh, let's look forward to next week then. So next week we're going to do managers and magic moments. I think we need to do the two because we can't speak about you know too much yeah. about managers and performances and things like yeah. that. Agreed. Um, so that will be the the last one before I guess the the, the start of the season. Um, yeah. We may do some some debriefs on friendlies and things like that, but we shall see. Um, but Adam, just want to say a big thank you for your support as always on the podcast, and thanks for sharing that story with us. Um, the Sean Gota story, I could tell you Brilliant, were guys. getting yeah. through that one, so uh, well done for that. Yeah, I got through it in the end. Yeah, I got through it in the end. Like I said on the past, Bob, I cry at cry a week of examples nowadays, so it's not surprising. Yeah, all <laughs> right, and then we'll do a bit Fantastic. of a recap then as well of, of the, the full goalkeepers, fullbacks, center backs, midfielders, wingers, etc. Yeah. next week as well so we'll leave it there thanks everyone for listening and uh keep enjoying uh you know listening to these top five podcasts and um yeah as i say we'll be back next week but uh, follow us over on twitter unless you can't because you're you limit exceeded your data limits or whatever it is um over at a at three p i a p c and we'll be back take care everyone cheers take all. care all all the best have a good week cheers guys i'm drifting along it's a one-way Just like the tumbleweed or a standing stone Far away from the city call I find myself on another bar stone Taking the time to think and That I once had before it fades away. Taking the time to talk at last. One more time with my father who's passed. Oh, I'm drowning in a whiskey pool. Oh, I'm drifting.
drowning in a whiskey pool I'm turning into a whiskey fool 